welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's do this. entrepreneur podcast. I'm Christine Mills. Today I'm so excited to have a dear friend. Um, her name is Lydia Kutcher and we are continuing our discussion on real estate and the importance of real estate ownership, especially as an entrepreneur. Lydia has worked in real estate throughout her entire career. Uh, she gained experience in financing affordable housing and community facilities, overseeing the home buying mortgage process and managing commercial real estate investments across the country. She is also an avid investor who develops uh, profit maximizing strategies and understands incentives available for homeowners and investors. Lydia earned her MBA from Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and her BBA from Temple. Welcome to the show, Lydia. Thanks so much, Christine. Thanks for yeah, having so, me. Yeah, we're, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And, you know, while we get started, I just want to know a little bit about you, um, let the listeners know about your background and um, upbringing, education, career, anything else you want to add? Okay. Thanks. So, um, so yeah, so I'm uh, born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, where I currently reside, but um, I was able to uh, leave the nest and go away for college to Temple, as you mentioned, uh, studied accounting, and then uh, had the opportunity to do internship programs that, you know, prepared me for a career in real estate and finance. Uh, you and I met, of course, at J.P. Morgan Chase um, way back in 2001. Um, and just having that experience early on, um, being able to work in community development finance, um, investment banking, you know, really showed me, um, you know, the importance of just understanding how uh profit and wealth are are made and accumulated and maintained. Um, you know, growing up, I, you know, came from a two-parent household, but, you know, mom was a teacher, my dad um, worked on the docks, and so, you know, we, I never felt like we, you know, lacked anything, um, but we definitely weren't uh, rich, um, but definitely, you know, rich in love and, and um just education, you know, with my mom being a teacher, instilling a lot of good values in us. Um, so, yeah, just all of that kind of came together, uh, you know, having that experience, you know, at school in Philadelphia, working in New York, um, then D.C. after uh, grad school, uh, just really, you know, showed me the importance of wealth um, and being able to build a legacy for your family. Yeah, yeah, and that's a very – um, powerful background that you have because you're able to merge all of that and your new company, um, The Own Life. So tell us a little bit about that. So I uh, started The Own Life um, well, technically in 2014. I, um, I basically started an LLC daily investment and I'm doing business as The Own Life. But, um, you know, daily investments is really about making the everyday steps towards, you know, building wealth and building a life you want. And so when I became a real estate agent, I 
kind of took that a next step further and started the own life, which stands for obtain wealth now. Now meaning, you know, we we often see examples of, you know, CEOs or, you know, entrepreneurs that, you know, have a lot of money and we think, oh, it was like overnight, right? But it, it takes mm-hmm. a daily investment of time, effort, education, you know, networking, um, you know, just decision-making to to get to that point. So, um, you know, all life is really about helping both um, homeowners and prospective homeowners as well as businesses, you know, just make those incremental steps towards, you know, achieving their, their business goals, whether they're trying to, you know, start a business or uh, maximize revenue um, for home a uh, home buyer. You know, they want to become a first-time home buyer or they're currently a homeowner you know, making a decision about when's the right time to sell and being able to kind of upgrade from a starter home. So uh, that's why I started the business is just to remind people that you can achieve wealth. It just takes, you know, a daily investment and, you know, just that action, you know, every day and in a commitment. Mm-hmm. I love what you said that, you know, sometimes we see things that it just happened, but there are a lot of small steps leading up to, the end result. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I love the fact that, first of all, I love the name, um, but it's no, true that you. there are so many different components of ownership that you just have to have all in balance. Um, so when you were starting your business, who was your ideal customer? Like, who did you think you're going to help the most? So, um, you know, kind of looking at my demographic, um, you know, people, um you know, that I, you know, went to school with, that I've worked with, um, because I I think we had, you know, reached a point, you know, with different careers, um, you know, both corporate America, nonprofit, and, and you know, public service government. Um, and, again, we, we sometimes feel like, okay, are we there yet? You know what I mean? Like, what? Mm-hmm. how do we get to that next level? And, um, you know, real estate is one of those things that, you know, it's a tried and true uh, long-term way to build wealth. And, you know, often we're, you know, priced out of uh, markets or, um, you know, fortunately one of the things that happened in New Orleans um, after Katrina is we we had gained wealth, quote unquote, gained wealth from, you know, our parents and grandparents, but then we didn't have clear title. So, you know, so many people lost homes in that process, you know, if you don't have clear title and then the, the family member passes, you know, it's just a really hard um, trajectory to try to, you know, really, you know, retain ownership of that property. So, mm-hmm. you know, those were my kind of ideal customers were people who understood the importance of home ownership and building wealth, but just need some, you know, motivation, some direction, um, understanding different uh, resources out there to be able to, to um, build and maintain wealth. Right. Uh, explain that a bit more to me, uh, uh, more to me and the audience about um, happens what happens after Katrina in New Orleans because um, you said that they may have had their real estate but they didn't have a clear title. What did that mean for a lot of um, homeowners there? Right. So um, you know, you may have had a property if you know a grand uh, grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, um, you know, who. So I'll use the example of my house, right? So um so my uh the house that I, you know, was able to buy and renovate is um a family member 
but I wasn't in a direct line of, um, I guess I wasn't a you know direct descendant, meaning she was my grandmother's first cousin. Right. So, um, you know, what we, unfortunately, it's hard sometimes, you know, especially in the African-American community to talk about like death and what happens, but we have to do that because, especially if you're talking about assets like, you know, homes or stocks or other investments. And so my um, cousin, you know, she died um, in 2008, so three years after the hurricane. And so I'm thinking, okay, three years after, that's like a wake-up call to everybody to get your affairs in order. But the house was actually still in her husband's name, (laughs) who died 30 years earlier, right? And so... You know, just it took me, and and thankfully it was it was like half owned by him and then half owned actually by her brother. I guess because back in that day when they bought the property in the fifties, you know, women weren't allowed to be on titles. So um, so they both the two men you know owned it, and it took me a year just to clear the title for this oh property, and you know what I mean. And then and then a year to renovate it on top of that because of just the the fact that it had been so exposed you know, for those um, years after she passed, um, you know, nobody was really living in the pro- – I mean, well, we had squatters, but nobody was really living and maintaining it. And so, you know, I could have – you know, for the family, I could have lost this house. The, the family bought the property in 1953. And, again, I had the determination, the commitment, the, you know, whatever, <laughs> to go through it, and it was a hard process to go through. Um but the fact was she didn't have a will, and then she never did the, you know, transfer or the succession from when her husband died. And so that could have made that, cut that process down a little bit. Um, and, again, I, I can't blame her necessarily because it's just, you know, it's just, again, something that we typically don't talk about. So um, so that's, that's, I mean, that was just a personal example, but... You know, we can't just own the property. We have to have estates and wills and, you know, estate planning to make sure that we can hold on to the properties and pass it along to the next generation. Right. Yeah, that's definitely an issue of, like, just Mm -hmm. making sure a lot of things are in order for when something bad happens. And, um, you know, I heard someone say prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Um, But we all have to prepare for the worst because it's, Everybody puts everybody, all of our loved ones, in a really bad predicament. Right. Yeah. Right. But um, it, it must be interesting. You're selling real estate in New Orleans, which has gone through a big transition. But why has mm-hmm. that been like? Um. So it's been, um, you know, we we and and I know we're not immune to, um, you know, the discussions on gentrification and. You know, again, people being priced out of their neighborhoods where they grew up. Um, so it has been a challenge. I mean, one of the – so we had, you know, definitely more resources from FEMA and HUD um, in the initial years after Hurricane Katrina to help with different home ownership programs and, you know, helping people kind of get back into properties. But, of course, you know, we just have the 15-year anniversary, and so some of those – federal resources, and even some of the philanthropic dollars that came in, you know, those are drying up. And then, you know, of course, since then, we've had so many other national, um, you know, with Hurricane Sandy and just other kind of things that have gone on um, in other parts. We're not, you know, we're, we're, you know, everybody's almost 
suffering from hurricane or tropical storm like weather or other kind of natural disasters and so the and obviously now we're going through this pandemic so um but it has been you know a challenge um you know one of the things that unfortunately New Orleans is still very dependent on hospitality and tourism, and so those are typically lower paying jobs and of course, you know being able to afford you know properties as or homes as the property values rise has been been really difficult so I mean again, our city and our state you know continue to you know have different down payment assistance programs and things like that, but it is it is a challenge um you know, and it's just something, again, you just try to, you know, continue to save as you can, you know, to be able to, if you know, if you're an aspiring home buyer, save, uh, learn how to manage money, you know, look into those different programs um, so that when the opportunity comes, you'll be ready for it. Right, right. And, and the opportunity um, arises, but while that's happening, the property value keeps going up. Um, I know right, right now the interest rates is really good, very low, but still the property is really high right now, so it's going to really counteract the low interest rate. Um, but for the people you know who are, like, on their second home, why might be a good time for them to buy right now? They they have their, their first home, and now they're thinking about maybe I should get a second home. Interest rates are low. Do you think it's a good time for them to buy, and what factors should they look into? Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, you know, the interest rate environment is, is very positive right now. Um, and honestly, um, you know, if, you, if you're a homeowner and you've built up equity and, you know, you're looking to upgrade, uh, there's definitely buyers out there. Um, you know, the home sales have gone up actually this summer um, kind of compared to last year, but our inventory and, like, new listings have gone down. And I can understand, you know, some people might be waiting to see, you know, if 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 maybe your unemployment or whatever is not secure, then you you might want to just kind of hunker down and hold on to the house that you have. But you know, for those who are able, um, like I said, who built up equity, you know, take advantage. Um, you know, now's a good time because there's there's definitely buyers out there. Yeah, exactly. But what about for some people who are like, well, maybe I could use my starter home as a rental property and then transition into, like, using it as a rental property and buying the second home. What do you think about mm-hmm. that option? Yeah, that's definitely um, a, a good way to go. Um, you know, uh, the yeah, so rentals are still, uh, uh, you know, in demand here, you know, again, depending on the price point in the neighborhood. But that's what I try to tell people who, who are first-time buyers that I've worked with is, like, you know, this this first home is not going to be your forever home. So if it's not the exact configuration or, you know, as long as it's, you know, quality, um, you know, get get make sure you get a home inspection, all that stuff before you buy, uh, no, you know, to make sure there's no major issues, it's in the neighborhood you like, then, you know, and it's in your price range, then go ahead and, and purchase, you know, all else considering, uh, and then you can upgrade at a later date. And then, yeah, keep that, you know, for rentals, um, again, as an, a, a way to build wealth. I mean, that's what we've seen in so many examples of people who own real estate who are able to, you know, whether it's commercial or residential, you know, putting tenants in, uh, you know, just to maximize your, your revenues and your profits, um, and then going on to the next project. Um, right. I've also had some people recently who – 
wanted to invest, and I and I was like, well, do you own a home? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, let's start, you know, with buying a, a home first that you can live in because trying to buy an investment property, it's a different ball game. I mean, you, you have a higher down payment typically. Uh, you you know, the, 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 the banks who do that kind of financing are going to be looking at a whole lot more than if you were just buying um, a, a home, you know, to live in. And it's more risk. So um, so that's why I've been trying to, like, steer people, like, buy a home that you can live in first, you know, whether you get a, a double, you know, we call them double C or duplex, uh, to be able to rent out one side or, you know, get roommates or whatever to, like, help cover the mortgage. And then, you know, like you said, just in a few years be able to move on from that and, you know, rent that out entirely. And then you can buy a different home or you can then buy an investment property, Right. Yeah, so there's there's definitely ways to do it to make sure you're not biting off more than you can chew and putting yourself at at a disadvantage starting out. Yeah, and I I love the duplexes. I know when I lived in Connecticut, we had a two family, and that was so mm-hmm. helpful because you know we were able to rent out a portion of it and live on the other side of it, and you know there was like mm-hmm. two different apartments in one home. So that's definitely a right. great option for a first time home buyer. Um, right. Just, Switching gears, how is it growing a business, your business, to own life um, while working a full-time job? Um, it's a challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, even, like, with certain things like, um, you know, continuing education as a real estate agent, you know, having to take off a half day or a day to be able to get that in. Um, you know, I, I, you know, even, and then I'm doing some, small business advising, which is typically evenings or weekends. Um, so it's just a matter of continuing to balance that. Um, I, you know, very thankful, you know, especially now, like to, to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to work full time um, to, you know, continue to support because, you know, I know it's just a challenging time for a lot of people across the country um, and, you know, be able to, you know, as I can build my business, work with buyers, work with sellers and small businesses, um, and, you know, help them grow too. Uh, right. So, yeah, so it's, it's definitely, you know, it'll get to a point I know where I'll have to kind of do this full time, you know, to really make it, um, you know, to, to fulfill my passion and to really make this the the business that I want it to be. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, like, monitoring that and just preparing for it, you know, continuing to save. Uh, just to make sure that I'm, you know, putting myself in, in the right position when that day comes. Yeah, and how do you market uh, for while you're building your business for people to know more about what you're doing? Yeah, definitely uh, social media, so Instagram, Facebook, um, and there's so much stuff that I still need to <laughs> to learn <laughs> and implement. Um, you know, my website, I do newsletters typically every other week uh, through MailChimp. Um, you know, we've, and this is obviously, again, slowed down with the pandemic, but, um, you know, my broker, you know, she would uh, sponsor, you know, certain community events, um, you know, back-to-school drives, health fairs, things like that, and those are opportunities for us to, you know, be able to be at the table, talk to people, you know, kind of get them to sign up for more information, just, again, to learn right. about home ownership and investing. Um, so that's that's what that's the part that I'm still, like, trying to figure out pandemic. I mean, I know so many people have been doing virtual conferences and, you know, webinars and things like that. And so that's 
one of the things I'm working on is like, you know, what is my like next series of online events or virtual events, um, you know, to continue to educate people aside from the videos that I that I put out. Yeah, and they're very helpful. I, I follow you on Instagram, and your videos are very helpful. And I like your newsletters, oh, you. um, your blog posts that you have on your blog is very informative. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, thank you. And you know, I know the most exciting thing usually when you just start a business is your first client. So, what was that like, and how did you get your first client? So, my first client was a referral from my broker. Um, and um, you know, it was just really it was like a, a month after getting licensed. Um, so it's just great to like you know kind of have that first one. Um, in the bag. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, the big thing that my broker always talks about is, you know, making sure you understand what's in the contract and, you know, just staying on top of the timelines and, you know, as the deal or the sale moves forward. So it was, I mean, it was great. Um, I mean, they were a, a nice couple to work with. Um, we were able to, you know, thankfully we didn't see too many homes. You know, I mean, they 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 knew the area they wanted to be in, which is good. You know, that helps narrow things mm-hmm. down. You know, we knew how much they could afford, so you know, being able to put in a, a really solid offer was was great. You know, just with them being prepared, and so right. Uh, so yeah, so I definitely appreciated that. You know, to to be able to do that for my my first transaction, and you know, it's it's been you know, over the past year and a half, you know, not as um, the volume hasn't been as I would like it to be. And, again, I know some of that is the fact that I'm, you know, balancing with a full-time job, but just even, you know, the fact that since the pandemic, you know, I've had so many, you know, um, you know, was able to close a few sales and then have so many people who are, you know, um, you know, really kind of getting into it. And I think the pandemic is really – opening people's um, eyes to the importance of, you know, home, family, you know, really pursuing your goals. And so that's that's one of the, I guess, the silver linings out of all of this is, you know, people kind of getting focused on what they really want to achieve in life. And, you know, I'm just happy to help in any way I can to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And how they want to live in their home because, like, in your recent blog post, you mentioned that, like, the home now has to fulfill so many purposes. Well, we have our children mm-hmm. home. Everyone's working from home. And you might be wondering, like, maybe I do need an office or maybe this open floor plan is not a good idea anymore. So what changes mm-hmm. have you seen with people with their needs during this time? Yeah, I mean, I haven't – I mean, in terms of per- personal examples, um, you know, definitely people – want, you know, outdoor space, um, you know, being able to entertain um, so they can, you know, still have people over and entertain safely. Um, but, yeah, I've seen, like, nationally articles about, you know, they was on an article recently calling things Zoom towns, you know, basically you you buy a property in the mountains or wherever <laughs> because now you can do everything online. And so oh. you have to be, you know, that close to the office anymore. You know, yeah. and, again, that obviously would depend on, your career and your employer, but, um, but yeah, I mean, again, people having like this freedom, uh, to, you know, be, be home and still be productive and, you know, of course, make sure they have all of the, uh, you know, connectivity and things that they, they can to make sure they still maintain their work productivity, but also relationships with coworkers. Um, right. But yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like outdoor space, um, you know, kitchens, nice kitchens are, have always been at the top of the list. 
mm-hmm. and you know having a, a room you know whether it's a study an office or an extra bedroom for for an office or for you know kids to to be able to log in to do their schoolwork. Right, right. Yeah, it's a lot mm-hmm. different now than last year. <laughs> a lot different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The other day, my daughter was playing a trombone in one room. I'm trying to study and have to work in the other room. It was just mm-hmm. very interesting. All right, right. So now, what? So what's next for the own life? So what's next is, you know, as I mentioned, just uh, planning. You know, how to continue to connect with people since I can't necessarily connect with them in person right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the the videos are are helping with that. Um, you know, I even participated in this. There's, you know, so many different websites and things to help real estate agents with this one, Keeping Current Matters. They recently did a video challenge, and I was able to actually out of, like, I don't know, 10, 20,000 members, it was only, like, of six of us that participated in the challenge. Oh, wow. You post every day, yeah. You had to post a video every day, and it gave you, like, a different prompt or whatever. And so I, was, huh. I won one day in the, you know, a gift certificate or whatever. Um, I mean, it was, it's just something, thank you, something to, um, you know, just continue to help me refine and, and, and be comfortable, um, because I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I wasn't, I'm more of an introvert, right? And so, you know, being able to, doing these videos has been a new experience for me, but I, I get a rush from it, you know, being able to share information from people, you know, look at what's going on in the market and, convey it in a a way that's easy to understand. So I definitely want to keep doing that, um, you know, making sure that I continue to build my online presence uh, and just inform people, really. And then, then, yeah, just events, just still, again, I know some of this is dependent on vaccines and, you know, when things are kind of safe to be around people in bigger crowds. But that's that's what I, I really like that. Uh, interaction and being able to speak to people in person too. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and then I guess the third thing is just even without the online, is just continuing to just build up my network, um, you know, uh, working with friends, coworkers, colleagues to, you know, get referrals, you know, to help, you know, more sellers and more buyers and definitely more investors. Um, you know, again, I think there's a, there's a way to do it and, and do it where you're, managing the risk that comes with it. So those are kind of like the next things for me. Yeah. So that's exciting. And, you know, Lydia, knowing you for, wow, I'm not even going to say how many years because it's going to short. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you, uh-huh. uh, one common thread, the two common threads for you has always been real estate and mm-hmm. networking. You're always really big on those two things, and I'm I'm happy to see that um, you continue down that path and you're – you know, really excelling in it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, so now we head on to the rapid-fire questions, and this is mm-hmm. when the audience gets to hear um, a little bit about you uh, and the mm-hmm. things that make you interesting and make you you. So the first question is, uh, what's your favorite movie? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to take a liberty. I have two <laughs> favorites. Okay. <laughs> Um, so coming to America is one. Oh man, yes. And <laughs> and, and Purple Rain is the other. Um, Purple Rain. I mean, I don't okay. even, yeah, I don't even know if I need to explain, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, one just 
you know, just a funny movie. Um, and I guess the Coming to America 2, which I still don't know how I feel about that, is coming out soon. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, the remake. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then you know, Purple Rain, just because Prince. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny mm-hmm. you say that. My uh, my daughter was watching Coming to America, and I was in the other room, and I heard it, and I was just saying every part. She's like, "How do you know that?" I'm like, "Come on, it's Coming to America. Right. <laughs> Everyone knows right. every part of it." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The next one is, "What's your favorite book?" So there's a book that I'd, I'm trying to see if I want to say is a favorite, but I really like I it was you know and I I used to go I would go to the thrift store and stuff with my mom all the time growing up, um, so I still like to do that you know kind of just looking yeah. and browsing. Um, but there's a book um, by an African American author who's you know not typically popular you know we think about Langston Hughes, James Baldwin, but um, his name is John Oliver Killens. And okay. he has this book called The Cotillion, um, like set in the 70s, or written in the 70s. And I really liked it because it was, it, you know, it, like with the, 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 the slang and all that they use, it's basically like a, the, the guy was dating a woman who's like, you know, parents, she was going to a cotillion, obviously, you know, high society, and here's this guy who's like, you know, power to the people, and, you know, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting uh-huh. to see those two different worlds kind of collide um so it was one of those books like again i had never heard of the author before but you know just browsing and picking it up so it's one of those that i'm like you know i read it and read it again and i just appreciated you know just the diversity of you know the the authors and and writers that we we had then and you know still continue to have so huh i have to check that mm-hmm. out that sounds right up my alley that sounds very interesting yeah what city was it, was it set in 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 new york Oh, New York. Okay. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's another world for me, like the cotillions. Did you do a cotillion when you were younger? Um, when I was in high school, we had a debutante ball. So I went oh, to, nice. um Yeah, old girls Catholic high school. So we had our ball, but there were also other societies. So I had friends who, you know, were queens or whatever maids in these other uh, organizations. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So favorite dessert, and this is going to be really interesting because you grew up in New Orleans. I mean, you guys have the best food in the country. So <laughs> what's your favorite dessert? Right. <laughs> okay, so now that you said that, so I my favorite is cheesecake. So New Orleans is not typically, I mean, a cheesecake town. But, I mean, well, we, we have cheesecakes that we drizzle in, like, pralines and caramels and all kind of sauces. Um but I do, since you brought up New Orleans, I do love banana foster. I mean, that's just, Ooh, that's our, like, kind yeah. of signature dessert here. Yeah. Um, definitely recommend, you know, to anybody, you know, whenever they visit. It is it is definitely one of those, like, you know, it'll put a hurting on you. <laughs> yeah, really that, that sounds good. Yeah, I love banana mm-hmm. fosters, yeah. Um, what do you like the most about living in New Orleans? So New Orleans, um, well, again now it's a little quiet, <laughs> but I, yeah. um, I, you know, I love the festivals that we have. Um, and again, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that we get to a point where we can all be safe to do those again. And I've I've seen examples of some other cities where they're trying to like do like elevated platforms, like if you're in a big field or whatever, and to try to keep people away instead of being so bunched up. Um, but yeah, definitely the festivals, the music the food, um, you know, our, our architecture, 
which mm. you know, I just I had just started riding a bike for the first time in like ages when the pandemic started. So being able to like kind of ride past houses and look at them, you know, as a on a bike versus driving in a car trying to do that. Um, you know, just really appreciating the architecture, um, you know, the history that's around the city. Uh, so, yeah, so all all of the above. Um, it's just, you know, really nice place. Now, it's very humid and hot. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it is, you know, it's it's you just have to get used to it and, and you know, be okay with it, I guess. But, um, but yeah, definitely definitely the, the just the culture, the food. Um, and, you know, of course, it helps to have family and friends here, too. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think that's really I, the architecture in New Orleans looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in South Florida, everything's just new, <laughs> and um, right. that's one of the things I don't like about South Florida because I, I have an old soul that way. So I can only imagine what that's like to live in these older homes there, and um, just the architecture in it. It's, it seems really beautiful. Right. Yep. Yeah. It is. Quick question, um, and this is just an aside. The parades that they always show in New Orleans, does that happen, like, all the time, or is it something that um, you could just plan for? Because I've, I've watched, like, Real Housewives of Potomac, and they got a line. Explain this to me. Like, what does that mean? Oh, you mean, like, the second lines or the ones with floats? Like, the second line. Like, if you're having an event uh, and you get a second line. What yeah. is that? It's historically it was um you know you if you had like a, a funeral or some kind of procession this would be like the kind of people in the back you know celebrating your life your legacy you know to to be able to keep the the spirit alive right i mean we definitely mourn but we also celebrate life so you'll find you know sometimes second lines that happen with funerals but then there's also again just kind of like we talked about with the Debutante balls and and cotillions. Uh, we also have other Mardi Gras Indian organizations and other uh, social and they call them social and pleasure aid, social aid and pleasure clubs that will have their second lines. And so they they do happen. I wouldn't say randomly. They have to you know get permitted and everything like that. But you definitely need to like uh, monitor to see where it is to make sure you're not trying to drive through one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's one of the um, one of the local radio stations, WWOZ, they'll have a, a section on the website where you can see all of the ones that are taking place and the routes, you know, they'll describe the routes it takes just to make sure you either participate, if you want to go and participate and watch and, you know, celebrate, or if you want to, um, you know, uh, avoid the area. So those are the ones that are organized. Now, there might be some that are unorganized that might happen sporadically, and those, you know, you just never know. <laughs> Yeah. So you just see them like on a give in a given month, um, pre pandemic, how often would you see second lines around the city? Oh, I mean they typically happen like Saturdays or Sundays. So again, depending on where you are. Now that again, I'm not hap- I'm not actually seeing them myself, but I know they happen pretty frequently. Um, you know, definitely during Mardi Gras you'll have those that happen too. And there are certain um other like Catholic holidays where some things will happen, like St. Joseph's Day, a big old you know kind of gathering and and celebration of Mardi Gras Indian culture. Um, so yeah, so it it varies to a certain extent, but I mean again, you could have the Saints might win the game, and here here you go, random people. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, that about the city. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
you know, it can, and, and that's the thing, too, one of the things that was a kind of a challenge is, like, you know, those kind of uh, cultural things that people appreciate, but then it's like if you're coming, you know, if you're used to quiet and, you know, order, <laughs> um, you know, having this, you know, so you just have to know what neighborhood to, to potentially buy a house in or which neighborhoods to avoid if you're not going to be kind of part of that 24-7 culture of music and entertainment. Right, 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 right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because it might seem endearing when you're visiting, but to live through it, you're like, okay, now. And now there's a second right. line. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. So it's, it's not an everyday thing, but definitely you know, like a weekend, you know, just periodically throughout the year. Right. So what surprised you the most about being an entrepreneur? I don't know if anything surprised me necessarily. I mean, I knew, especially, again, with the balance of the full-time job, that it takes time, um, energy. Uh, you know, and it's, it's not... You know, again, it's not easy. It's not overnight success. It just, it just, um, you continue to work at it. Um, I think the thing that I don't even know if I would say surprise. I mean, because I, I know that when you're genuine with people and you really want to help and educate, you know, the opportunities will come, right? So, like, you know, everybody knows probably five to ten realtors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I don't necessarily, you know, if I know that your cousin is a real estate agent and I'm your friend, if you're buying a house, you're probably going to go with your cousin. But that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, I know the right, opportunities right. are going to, yeah, it's going to come from me, you know, just being genuine, wanting to help people. Because uh, I want, you know, I want people to succeed. And and sometimes it's just a matter of them not even knowing that there are programs available or that there's, you know, a lender who could help them, you know, figure out, you know, credit or whatever issue or, um, you know, there's a way to, to, to do things and, um, you know, with an investment to, to try to make sure that it works and that you're not putting yourself at so much risk. So I think just coming from it with a genuine attitude, I guess it's, it's not a surprise, but it, it feels good when the success comes, right? And, again, it, it may not be the next day, but it, it definitely comes. Right. Right. Well, that mm-hmm. that's that's a great way to end it. Um, but I'd love for people to learn more about the own life. How can they connect with you? And um, and if people are looking into purchasing property in New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, you could share that with us as well. And there's a beautiful home that I saw that you have a listing on. So you could talk about that a little bit as well before we end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. No, that was um, that was a uh, property listed by my broker. So I, you know, just posted the open house today, and then we well, we had a storm, so it wasn't as uh, didn't have as many people as I hoped. Um, I guess we're preparing for one of these tropical storms, another one coming through. So just continue to pray that that's not as bad as uh, they're forecasting. But um, okay. but yeah. So the um, in terms of getting to to. Uh, staying in touch, uh, my website is www.theownlife.com, and that's the own, again, obtain wealth now, theownlife.com. Uh, my number is 504-517-6696, and on Instagram, it's the underscore own underscore life. Perfect. So those are the, the best ways. Well, thank you so much, Lydia, uh, for sharing your story. And I'll be sure to to put your information on the website and check out the own life. Thank you so much, Christine. All right.